Welcome to the IoT Idols podcast. I'm Ryan Cousins, co-founder and CEO of Critical. We help bring bleeding-edge technology products to market through a combination of hardware and software modules and professional engineering services. We believe every innovator has a powerful collection of experiences and knowledge that can help inspire others in their field. If you have a story you'd like to share, stick around at the end of the show and we'll explain how you can be a guest on one of our upcoming episodes. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you could be the next IoT Idol. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another amazing episode of IoT Idols, Innovators to Watch. Of course, I am your host, Ry Russell, and I'm always excited to meet the incredible innovators that we find in our network, and our next guest is no exception, and I'm really excited to have invited Shane to join us here on IoT Idols. Shane, thanks for coming, brother. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Shane, most of my guests, they never woke up and said, this is the business or the industry that they're going to be a part of. I would love to learn about your journey into this space, man. Yeah, so it's uh, I I actually started, uh, I worked for my family's distributorship, which is a little regional distributorship uh, since I was 13. And, um, you know, from diving in and working from the, you know, starting in the warehouse and starting to understand how products work. We also had an electric motor shop repair shop that was connected to our business. Uh, we did a lot of uh, conveyor vulcanizations, conveyor belting, uh, troubleshooting a lot of stuff for the conveyor side. And so I dove in and got to learn a lot of crazy stuff really early. And then uh, when I was about 19, I was brought in uh, into inside the office there to help run the business. And I started to get very frustrated with the inability to um, find information that was consistent and actually match the applications I was using. And so the first inspiration for the company that we, for 3BG Supply was just the ability to quickly find interchanges that were what we called drop-in interchanges, right? As our business has evolved um, and as technology has changed, it's created an interesting place where interchange in our industry is really in the eye of the beholder, right? So the, the specs that you're looking at that make your product drop into another product for an application use, it really just depends on who that person is and what the application is and what their needs are. And so you start to, it started to create and add a lot of clarity to our business. So what you started to see was as Amazon and McMaster and Granger and some of those big names start to take over the one-off business, our industry is seeing people either dying and retiring in such a mass exodus from our industry, both on the distribution side and the manufacturing side, we started to really create a business that would scalably bring in young, talented individuals that can jump into a seat and be effectively servicing and identifying pain and troubleshooting problems for our customers, as we saw, as we found that there started to become a gap, you know, some of our competitors are fighting to find these young, 
great minds to solve problems. There used to be a saying that it would take five to 10 years in our industry to find an effective salesperson, right? And we onboard our salespeople in about 30 days. And so our tech-enabled distributorship allows for that scalability and consistency with our customers. So as a, you know, as a, let's say the, the plant manager had been there for 20 years, he started in the maintenance department and the maintenance head has been with him that whole time. And then he retires and then they hire, you know, a 24-year-old out of college that doesn't know anything about the, the plant and its, and its applicational needs. You know, when they call or they're looking up a product, we don't just want to sell them the bearing or the V-belt or the pulley that they think has failed. We, a lot of times, those products are actually just symptoms of a bigger issue. And so we dive in 100% on that. And yeah, we might not get the consistent ordering of those V-belts, but we're, we're betting on that solving the problem is going to create a long-lasting relationship with the customer. And that's where, where our value will lie. And um, it all started from just being out in the field and learning how to install conveyor belts or vulcanized belts, install gearboxes and motors out in the field and really connecting uh, with the customers one-on-one. And that's a big part of our process now. Uh, and, And we just leverage technology heavily to do that. And now with the IoT, it's creating a foundation for what everyone can kind of work through. I always use it as, uh, you know, back in the day, there was a time when you can sell stocks in New York at one time for one price and sell in California on the other. And I think our business has, our industry has been needing um, trans, the transparency of identifying standardizations, not just on pricing and data, but application specific needs as well. And I think, I think that as a laggard, as our industry has been definitely a laggard in technology, we're kind of moving into a place of consistency and where customer service is going to be need needed more than ever before. Where some of the old school guys are looking at it as an Amazon play, Granger play, where there's a lack of hands-on customer service. I think that the relationship in the service side is going to be more needed than ever now. So Shane, Thinking about your experience in this space and how the industry has evolved and adapted, you're talking about the internet of things and how this is, has made you more efficient. But what I'm curious about for those tuning in is what, what did the business look like before the internet of things? Uh, because it's clearly like there has to have just been this gap. And for you, you know, obviously leading that uh, it kind of industrial revolution in terms of innovation and efficiency with your business. I just kind of want the audience to understand the impact that this has made and, and the ability to maybe automate some things that before were maybe a little bit more labor intensive. Well, I think, I think the, what, what you're seeing before, and I mean, this is not too long ago, and, and a lot of your listeners are going to remember these times very easily, is that, you know, not too long ago, you, and a lot of people are still doing this, you had to pull out a, a catalog this thick, and you had to identify what those specifications were, and what those, and you had to pull out the calculator, and you had to remember some high school math there to figure out, okay, my customer is needing to get to this speed on his 
salad separator in his food plant. And you got to find out, okay, well, is there temperature issues? Is there, is there, um, uh, timing issues, like all the stuff that falls into that, there's equations, there's math, there's specifics of the products. You're looking in an old dusty catalog for a long time to identify just what that one manufacturer was offering. Right. And, and then, so let's, so let's put it into, let's just run two scenarios. 1991 product goes out. Who brought you donuts last? Let's call that guy. Right. Let's hope that he's not on the road. Let's hope that maybe he's by a, he's got his books in his trunk. Right. Those were the best sales guys back in the day. The guy that took the whole library with him. Hopefully he can identify what that product specs specifications are. Now you have the ability to not just search and find the products online, but also query against other manufacturers. And here's why that's going to become important. As manufacturers are becoming more and more centralized and, and a lot more are even becoming more public companies, you're starting to see a shift where the shareholders are what steer the business, right? Once the shareholders are steering that business, one thing that shareholders don't want to see is inventory just sitting on the ground, right? You're starting to see a lot more and more manufacturers and distributors both trying to become a lot more streamlined with what inventory is being created. So what we've done, and IoT is a big part of this, is identifying that not only is this the product you need based on the, your specifications and your application, but where the heck is this thing located in the country? Because it's, it's not going to be at that distributorship down the street anymore, right? So where can we find it? Can we do a different manufacturer? Who's got availability and who has this sitting someplace, right? And and now that would take phone calls back in 1991, phone calls, hours to find where that thing is. Where now with our system, we're finding that while either we're on the phone with you or through your email, or a lot of the stuff you can jump on the website and say, okay, well, it says stock inventory. I'm going to pull the trigger on this bad boy and that thing's going to show up with the proper packing slip and the PO number on there. So that no one, you know, is screaming and yelling at the purchasing person's head, ripped their head off. Those are two big different things. I mean, you're talking about days and hours and sometimes weeks to get quoting and, and understand what the product needs are. We're now we're doing it in, in seconds and seconds. And so the efficiency creation is, is, is being basically shot with steroids to the point where when I'm talking to new plant managers, new COOs, CFOs, people that are just kind of entering our, our, our industry, the talk of product savings, duh, you got to see maintenance savings, right? We're going to do that, whatever. Let's not even talk about it. With our technology and what people even have access to now, let's start talking about production. So if you're a plant manager and you're getting paid a bonus every time you hit 16 days of productivity that day, what happens if we hit 17, right? What happens if we hit 18? Let's start talking about keeping production maintenance costs low and let's increase production. And that's really where we've seen a ton of growth for ourselves is that if our goals are aligned with the customers, you know, we're not just going to be there to kind of maybe maybe your budget approval makes us want to uh, sell you a cheaper V-belt to hit budget numbers. 
But if we're aligned from the very top, that really production uh, efficiency is is a goal, then we're not just going to exchange that V-belt. We're going to dive in and see what was the actual problem because that's a symptom, right? Let's find the problem and let's fix that so that we can create efficiency at the production level, not maintenance savings necessarily. That should just be a byproduct of what we're doing. So Shane, what I hear is that the internet of things has not only made things more efficient, but it has must have added some consistency to cost and helped save businesses a lot of cost because I'm thinking back uh, and I, you know, following my dad around, he was always fixing vehicles. So no matter what, there's always that project going on. And I remember going to the auto store, right? That giant, even for a headlight, you had to flip through, (laughs) you know, these books of, you know, the right model number, the right light, and then maybe you know, one year it was a different manufacturer of that bulb. And now, so you've got the person that's doing the work, digging and digging. You've got the one to two employees at the store, because if your one employee is just, you know, going through and can't find anything, you're taking, these are all costs. And then you order the wrong part and you're paying for the shipping. Now you're storing it in your inventory. Like I just, the headaches and just the the loss through that process just the time. seems so no one extreme. Ever the time. Yeah, the time is such an important piece there too. It's funny. So like, you know, I I I I recently was with a one of the most talented maintenance supervisors I've ever got to hang out with and speak with, and. To understand his, to to talk with him and understand his philosophy on how to keep plants profitable and to understand how good he is at training young maintenance people to, to be effective, to think that this guy sometimes has to wait, waste hours a week dealing with those types of issues is, is, you know, should be sacrilegious, right? It is a nightmare to think, oh my gosh, like you are one of the most valuable people in this business and you're screwing around with the catalog trying to figure out what the right thing is. Like if if you're not able to access that, that information quickly, you need to find partners that understand what your goals are and understand your worth so that we can work appropriately, right? And, and I... So that's, you can start to hear that and understand that we take it very seriously ourselves that like there's a white glove customer service aspect that needs to stay with us. And it just because we're doing business over the phone through email, through text and video call, and we're not dropping donuts off on Fridays doesn't mean that we can't be even more efficient than uh, than your other uh, than some of the other teammates that might be servicing or helping supply those people, and you know it's you bring up a great point there too. It's like the amount of time that a distributor would waste in identifying those products, and then hoping that he's been around the industry enough to like know what he doesn't know type of thing. That's tough, you know. That's really tough, and so that's something that we're really proud about. Is you know we joke around our top salesperson last and third quarter was actually a um, was a Jimmy John's delivery guy before he came to us. 
And so being able to take somebody that had exceptional personal skills and abilities and then turn them into an effective salesperson, which is providing true value to their customers every day, he has to stay efficient with his time. And so you have to be able to, to use you know, the right tools to let someone be that efficient that can move that fast. And so you know, it's very important to keep that type of automation and ability to inform- and uh, access information clean for your uh, free and clear. We can teach you how to use the tools, but we cannot teach personality. Right, right. Um, I had a, there was a great man that used to work for Motion Industries for years. Uh, Tom Robert Shaw said something to me, which I'm sure everyone heard before, but at the time I didn't know anything. You're just starting this business. He said, you gotta, you gotta hire for uh, uh, personality and train for knowledge or a higher for attitude and train for knowledge. And that training for knowledge is we've kind of obviously took that to a whole new level, but, you know, finding the right person that cares, who's naturally curious and really cares about what their customer needs are. Let's put the right tools at his fingertips, his or her fingertips and, and let them make some magic happen. Amazing. Amazing. I just, I'm learning so much from you, Shane. And I'm going to use that higher attitude, train knowledge, because that's just a great way of just, you know, kind of, kind of hitting that point as in a easy way to remember for us entrepreneurs to just kind of keep in our minds. So thank you for sharing that, that value with us. I'm looking at all of the things, like the 1991 donut sales. Like I, I was just kind of an old school salesman, you know, in my early career, door to door, meeting people. Hey, I'm Rye. And so I totally, totally see that. And like, you know, I, I think my, my foray was the coffee. I was the coffee guy, you know, like yeah. I'm stopping it. Hey, cut this box of Joe and whatever. So when I think of sales today, and obviously the internet of things has saved so much business and, and has increased so much opportunity. But with the salespeople you have, is there still a way to kind of get that kind of old school, like, hey, how are you? Touch points in there? Yeah, I think, I think, I think more time than ever, but I think I think our I think the the players are different. I think um not no understanding, you know, I'm 34. So understanding you know, my parents' age and my grandparents' age, they worked really hard. You know, they're, you got to think like their, uh, you know, their uh, mortgage percent uh, rates were so, their interest rates were so high and they're still paying these houses off, right? And, you know, they're killing it at that age, just working, working their butt off because they had to. The new people coming into our industry, the millennials, Gen Z, they have a different approach to doing business. And you have to be quickly creating value for them because everything has to be as efficient as possible. And so you have to quickly be able to convey value to that that person that you're selling to. And so I think the relationships are more based on performance than they ever have been before. Um, I think, you know, from a first glance, a lot of people just think, oh, everything's internet based. Now there's no relationships. And I just, 
there's not enough knowledge to keep that true. You know, are a lot of the products that are your customers and your listeners are are dealing with every day aren't necessarily things that they go home and and search in their free time. A lot of the stuff is um, products that they have to deal with. And if they're thinking about it at night, it's because it's a stressful situation or something's down or, you know, there's there's a problem hooked to it. And and the to to solve that problem now quickly and efficiently is more important than ever uh, because of the new people that are moving into the into our industry and 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 taking over budgets and taking over uh, purchasing um, responsibilities. And so I think more than any more than any year prior, I think this is you're starting to see that performance is the number one way to start to create that value. Be efficient, be valuable. Um, and, uh, the relationship will start to build from there. Amen. Totally. Well, Shane, this has been incredible. I think this has been a masterclass, uh, in, in relationship building as well, because the internet of things has been able to scale our ability to connect and build relationships. I mean, here we are, you know, I'm, I'm 31 and it sounds like you and I have had very similar experiences in terms of salesmanship and kind of being that voice of, of reason and, and innovation in the business. And so if I'm a potential customer, how do I, first of all, I want to connect with you, Shane. So how's the best way to connect with you? And then what's the best way to follow your business? Yeah, so you can follow our business basically on any of the platforms, 3BG Supply. Um, that actually stands for three bald guys. So um, yeah, no, it we're, always looking, we're always looking for our opening for our fourth. So customers, vendors, they always want to they always want to know when when can they slide into that fourth spot. Um, check us out, you know, Facebook, the website, especially www.3bgsupply.com. The important thing is too, we are, uh, we're still in our scale-up phase as well, right? And so um, we, we are posting a lot of our products on our website that we offer, but we do so much more than what the website even uh, leads to. And so, you know, when you have those needs of your standard power transmission products in those plants, you know, it's, it's you know, connect with us through the website or on Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, I love connecting with people on LinkedIn as well. I think that's a uh, the most appropriate way to kind of do, uh, to communicate with everyone so that, you know, the message is still conveyed, but everyone still gets to know a little bit about myself. Um, and so those are great ways to connect Shane, uh, Shane Arugio and LinkedIn, it, it'll pop right up for you. And so, um, you know, just, just remember that it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's about, creating that value for our customers. And that's what our number one goal is. And so whatever their goals are typically become our goals. And so let's connect and figure out what those goals are. Awesome. Well, friends, go follow Shane, go connect with 3bgsupply.com. And as always, check out our show notes and we will have links to connect with Shane directly. So that way you don't have to go flipping around any uh, phone book. You can just connect with Shane on LinkedIn. And Shane, we're so grateful that you were able to join us this morning, brother. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. And of course, we thank all of you for tuning in to another episode of IoT Idols Innovators to Watch brought to you by Critical. I'm your host, Rye, and I cannot wait to see you with our next innovator.
Hey, this is Critical CEO Ryan Cousins again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the IoT Idols podcast. If you're an accomplished engineer, inventor, product manager, or technology entrepreneur, and would like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please go to critical.com slash podcast slash apply. That's K-R-T-K-L dot com slash podcast slash apply. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or share it on social media and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone you'd like to have us interview, let them know about the show or tag them on social media using the hashtag IoT Idols. We're always looking for great guests eager to share their stories with our audience. We're regularly posting new episodes, so make sure you subscribe to our podcast, follow us on social media, and join our mailing list at critical.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be excellent. Be excellent.